Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us this day. Please know you're always welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. And we've now come to the 15th Sunday after Trinity, where, <clears throat> pardon me, we're getting a little further into fall proper. And of course, we hear that familiar reading about the birds of the air and the lilies of the field as our Lord bids us to not trust in money or possessions, but rather trust in him. Because if he who provides for the birds of the air and the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, how much more will he provide for us? So I'll turn your attention then to the inside of the back cover of your bulletin, where we have that focused on Christ section, a summary of the readings in today's service. You cannot serve God and money, for they require two contrary forms of service. Worry is the worship given to the false god of mammon, that is, money and possessions, an unbelieving anxiousness and focus on the things of this world. Faith is the worship of the true God, a confident trust that he is a loving father who will care for all our needs in both body and soul. The widow of Zarephath served God, that is, she believed the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah, that the bin of flour would not be used up, nor would the jar of oil run dry. He who feeds the birds and clothes the flowers will certainly provide for our daily needs, for he has already provided for our eternal needs, clothing us with Christ's righteousness in baptism and feeding us his body and blood for our forgiveness. With such confidence, we are liberated from worry and free to do good with our material resources, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And before I move on, I want to direct your attention to the back of the bulletin. This is a continuation of something we began last week. So you'll notice that instead of the uh, Kids in the Divine Service section, we have uh, the Second Commandment and its meaning along with a couple of devotional thoughts and a prayer. So as we continue walking through the Catechism week by week, as we do this alongside our weekday school students, uh, we'll have then the Second Commandment and its meaning that we'll read aloud together now. What is the second commandment? You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie or deceive by his name, but call upon it in every trouble. Pray, praise, and give thanks. We do gather in the name of the Lord to receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as he bids us do in his own will and testament, we are to be united, not just in what we believe about the supper, but in the whole of our confession as Christians. Therefore, we do ask in accord with his word that all those joining us at the altar this day be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod, joining together in that one common orthodox confession of the Christian faith. Our service is Divine Service 3 as it begins on 184. In your hymnal, we now sing the first hymn. O Lord, we implore you, let your continual pity cleanse and defend your church. And because she cannot continue in safety without your aid, preserve her evermore by your help and goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the 15th Sunday after Trinity is from 1 Kings chapter 17. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. 
Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty, until the day the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said. And she and he and her household ate for many days, The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Galatians chapters 5 and 6. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load." One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. 
but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, dear saints in Christ Jesus, last week we began walking through the Ten Commandments one by one, just before the beginning of the divine service. And the reason, again, why we're doing this is so that as a congregation, we can walk alongside our midweek school students as they also study the Holy Scriptures and the small catechism. Last week, we recited aloud the first commandment and its meaning. This week, we did the same with the second commandment and its meaning. But in the gospel lesson appointed for today, the 15th Sunday after Trinity, Jesus, he focuses our hearts and minds squarely on the first commandment. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, with these words... The Lord Jesus gets to the heart of what it means to have no other gods, what it means to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. We are not to trust in earthly treasures which moth and rust destroy and thieves can and do break in and steal. Rather, we are to trust in the one true God who knows all that we need for this body and this life and also for eternal life, and he graciously provides it. Our daily bread and our eternal life. Out of his divine love and mercy, the one true God gives both. Now, as we dig into the gospel lesson, Jesus, he gives us vivid examples and illustrations to drive home the importance of this teaching. First of all is the image of a slave having two masters. That's the imagery that stands behind his words about, having, about serving two masters. It's the relationship of a bond slave to his Lord, something which would have looked different in Jesus' day rather than what we typically think of when it comes to slavery. A bond slave cannot have two lords. Well, sure, the bond slave might pay lip service to both, but he's only going to be devoted to one of the two. And that's Jesus' point. So therein lies the question, who is your Lord? Who is your master, God or money? Do you pay lip service to God while loving and trusting in your money and in your possessions? Do you fear, love, and trust in your bank account, savings account, or retirement account? Or do you fear, love, and trust in God above all things? Folks, there's really no easy way around it. The Lord Jesus knows our hearts. He knows how easy it is for us to trust in anything other than him, especially money and possessions. And that's why this lesson stings so much. Now, pastors, we are not immune to this weakness, by the way. Lord, have mercy. My wages come from preaching and teaching God's word, and God uses all of you as his instruments to provide for me and for my family. This is how God has ordered things in his church, as we learn in 1 Timothy 5 and elsewhere. But I digress. The fact is, for all of us, there is a temptation to trust too much in money. We're all prone to to that temptation. But just because we all share this weakness of the flesh, it doesn't make it any less dangerous or any less sinful when we give in to it. 
It is on account of this common temptation and the weakness of our sinful flesh that Jesus dives further into this teaching. But rather than berating us, standing over us and wagging the finger, what does he do? Jesus invites us to see the tender, loving care of our Heavenly Father with the following words. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? You know, that word there in the text for anxious is interesting. In Greek, it is merimnate, and it means to be over-anxious. It has the sense of being pulled in opposite directions, pulled in many different directions, Think of it as going to pieces, quote-unquote, with worry and with care. It's the kind of hand-wringing anxiety that divides your attention so much that you cannot accomplish anything. Our Lord contrasts this sinful anxiety over food, drink, and clothing by pointing us to the birds of the air, of all things. Now picture this, as you sit there hunched over in your worry, focusing only on your inability to be God or your delusion to try to be God, Jesus comes and he lifts up your chin and he says, look at the birds of the air. Focus on them for a moment. They don't plant or harvest into barns and your heavenly father fattens them up with food year in and year out. Are you not of more value than they Also, tell me, how many minutes have you added to your life by worrying, fretting, and by wringing your hands like that? As a rule, rhetorical questions do not require answers. Nevertheless, we can never have too many reminders of our Heavenly Father's love and care. See, human beings, we are created in the image of God. No other creature has that distinction, that honor. Moreover, God made you male and female on purpose. That was not an accident. His design and his purposes for you are good and they are intentional. So, yes, dear saints of God, you are of much more worth than the birds of the air, much more indeed. So let's continue with our Lord's words here. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What will we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Now, just in case the image of the birds wasn't enough, Jesus turns our attention now then to the flowers of the field. Now, I know the taste of flowers is subjective, but for the sake of Jesus' point, let's just all agree that lilies are among the most beautiful of all of the flowers. Now, let's also remember that God knows all things and is the creator of all things. Therefore, before the foundation of the world, God knew every flower in every field that ever was, is now, and ever will be. He is their designer, their creator, the divine gardener. Now, whether he used human hands to plant and tend it, or it simply grew by way of the natural processes he created, even if it was a bird dropping a seed into the ground, 
He knows every flower in every field everywhere. And in the case of the lilies, our Lord says that not even Israel's richest king, Solomon, and he was rich beyond our wildest conception of the meaning of that term, even Solomon was not clothed in as much beauty as a lily. Now the comparison. If God clothes the flowers in this way, the grass of the field, Jesus says, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the burn pile or into our burn barrels, will he not much more clothe you, while you of little faith? Ouch, right? We might think, okay, Lord, I see what you're getting at, but did you have to throw in that you of little faith bit there at the end? Yes, he did. Because you see, Jesus is destroying your false gods. Jesus is getting right up in our hearts and in our minds in order to reveal an uncomfortable truth to us. Your money and your possessions cannot and will not save your body and soul from death and hell. That is God's job alone. Only your Heavenly Father can save you from death and hell, and that is exactly why he gave you his own dear son, Jesus the Christ. Think about it like this, dear saints. Imagine you're on your deathbed. There's a cheery Sunday morning thought, right? But imagine you're on your deathbed, you're lying there in bed minutes from the end, and in the room with you is a pile of money, that and nothing else. It's just you and that pile of money. And that money represents the earthly, worldly value of everything that you've accumulated in your life. Now, for some of you, the pile may be pretty big. For others, very modest. Nevertheless, here's the question. As your life ebbs away, can that pile of paper save your soul from hell? As you near your last breath, can that pile of bills printed by the U.S. Treasury defeat the devil, cancel your debt of sin, or raise you on the last day? You see, when death comes, will it matter how much land you own, how many properties you managed, how many cars you accumulated, how many sheds were full of machinery, or how full your closets were with fine clothes, shoes, jewelry, or handbags? No, dear saints. The most needful thing is the forgiveness of sins. And the one who purchased and won that for you is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And as the Bible teaches then, so we confess that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence and blessedness, just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly, and you know the word, true. It was Jesus whose heart and mind were never tempted away from God the Father. It was Jesus who perfectly loved and feared and trusted in God above all things. All through his earthly life, ministry, and death on the cross, Jesus trusted his Father perfectly. Jesus did the will of his Father perfectly. And it is because of Jesus' perfect life, death, and resurrection that we have an unshakable hope for eternity. For this Jesus, who is crucified, God the Father raised from death. He lives and he reigns forever as King of kings and Lord of lords, seated at the Father's right hand. And just as assuredly as his whole earthly life was fixed on your forgiveness and your salvation, 
so now does he pray for you constantly before God the Father. And the Father and the Son both rejoice that you, dear sinners, dear saints, are saved by grace through faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. For it is through faith in Jesus that you receive all these good gifts of God, the forgiveness of your sins, life everlasting, salvation from death and hell. Jesus has accomplished all these things for you. He has done all things well for you. You are his creation, and he has made you his new creation in the waters of holy baptism, where he gave to you all the gifts of his cross and his empty tomb. By baptism, you have been joined to Christ's death and his resurrection. His death is your death, and his resurrection is your resurrection. Because he lives, you too shall live forever. Everything you are and everything you have comes from him right down to the heart beating in your chest and the air that fills your lungs. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Dear baptized children of God, seek Jesus first and his righteousness, and all you need will be graciously provided by your heavenly Father. Seek first Jesus, his word, his promises, his gifts, his blessed sacraments, and all these things will be added to you. More than anyone else, your Heavenly Father knows what you need, and by his continual pity, his continual mercy and love, you are provided for. Christ taught us to pray for daily bread precisely because the Father has promised to give it. We depend on God for everything, and it does us no good to deny it. In fact, to deny that our Heavenly Father is the giver of every good and perfect gift is sinful unbelief, the very evil he gave his Son to save us from. Therefore, when the devil in this sinful world, they do their worst to convince you that God is not good, that his love is not for you, and that you are a fool to believe in him, take refuge in the one whose fear, love, and trust in his Father never wavered. Trust in Jesus who has overcome the devil, the world, and all their lies. Trust in Jesus, who has defeated death and gives you his life. Confess your sins, receive his absolution, come to his table, and receive his body and blood for you. Oh, and as for tomorrow, do not be anxious about it. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Therefore, come to the table, dear saints. For by his Son and through his Spirit, your Heavenly Father gives you daily bread and eternal life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For all who worry or doubt, that the gospel would silence these temptations and call them to entrust money, clothing, possessions, and every need to his perfect care. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For confidence in God's promise to provide, that his church and her pastors would never cease to share his peace in times of woe, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For faith in God's own provision that we would not pursue security and worldly wealth, but find in Christ the peace which this world cannot give. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord For the authorities God has set over us for our good, 
especially our Governor Michael and all elected and appointed servants of our state, that he would bless and sustain them with all they need to govern us wisely and in accord with his will. Let us pray to the Lord. For Helen Tate, Vanessa Burmester, Charlotte Locke, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Erlene Lakey, Chuck Lichty, Lisa Rash, Ted Phillips, and all who suffer or are ailing, that God would bow down his ear to them, save them, heal them, and so bear witness to his mercy in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord For all those whose work is tied to the earth, that at this time of harvest our Creator and Lord would grant his gracious protection and blessing, let us pray to the Lord. For all communicants, that they may come to the Lord's Supper in repentance and faith, seeking Christ's forgiveness and the unity of a true confession, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For faith and the all-sufficient generosity of our Heavenly Father, that we would freely share the blessings of this world in view of His promises of the world to come, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For faith inspired by that of Elijah and the saints of old, that we also would serve our Lord through weal and woe until we join them at his unending banquet, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks be to God for his good and gracious gifts and his provision for us. That was a new one there at the end, and you just took it. That's awesome. Well, we do rejoice that he continues to provide for us in many and various ways for our daily bread and also for our eternal life. As we look ahead into our week in uh, in this congregation, we have a number of things before us. Of course, Sunday school and Bible study immediately following worship. Uh, And just a note that there will not be Esther Bible study tomorrow. I do have that uh, yearly pastor's conference in Nebraska, which begins later on today. Actually, I'll be leaving just after Bible study to go attend that. Uh, So, uh, ladies, we can always talk about whether or not we just want to meet next Monday. Um, let's be in touch and, and figure that out. Um, this coming Wednesday, of course, we have Lutheran Confessions Study Group at 9 o'clock in the morning, followed by midweek school in the afternoon, a workout class in the auditorium, and choir practice at 7. And then this Thursday is the Trinity Women's Meeting, and that will be at 6 p.m., so please note that. Uh, also, uh, Heart Saver CPR uh, AED class, there's still sign-up available for that. Uh, the cost is $20. Again, it's two to three hours of your time. Uh, please do feel free to sign up on the uh, sign-up sheet on the glass case. I, I noticed either that's a new sign-up sheet or there haven't been that many names. I know that we're all looking forward to eternal life, but it's also good to know how to love and serve our neighbors or how to love and serve our neighbors should we ever need that knowledge uh, of how to perform CPR or use the AED. So I encourage you to sign up for that if you've not had that training uh, elsewhere. Also a reminder that we have a Christian Culture Magazine available there on the glass case. Also, Oktoberfest, it's coming up, 5.30 on October 1st. Uh, as I understand it, there are some brothers and sisters in Christ from both Emmanuel and Faith that want to be joining us and possibly uh, some more. Don't worry, ladies, I've told them to RSVP uh, so we know how many we, we might have, but we look forward to that. And then also just a reminder, uh, please note this on your calendar, St. Michael and All Angels Evening Prayer. That will be Friday, September 29th at 6 p.m. And, of course, you know whenever that comes along, you know that then Reformation's not far away, and then All Saints, and we're not far from a new church here. So it comes quickly. Uh, And, again, just a note that I'll be at a continuing education conference uh, today and then uh, Monday, and I'll be back on Tuesday when that concludes. Anything I may have missed? 
Alright, see nothing. Go in God's peace, knowing that you are worth much more uh, than the birds and the grass of the field. Uh, you are worth the cost of God's Son, who has died and risen to save you. And indeed, He has. He gives you His word. Exactly.